Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at nortonsimon.org. Support for Alaist comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years of Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, with over 200 films May 1st through 10th. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. Alaist Studios. When I was a kid, I used to get so excited when I heard my tío stumbling through the front door, holding a bunch of paper bags. Because I knew, inside of those bags, there'd be dozens of conchas in every color. Pink, white, vanilla, chocolate, maybe even some yellow ones. The smell, the café, the doughy inside, the crunchy cookie shell on the top, Even as I'm talking about it right now, my mouth is watering. Conchas are still my number one comfort food. I eat it with my coffee like every other day sometimes because it reminds me of home. This is la concha de cuaxingo, which is our typical bread. And then we have tuna en cuerno, which is from Puebla. From LES Studios, this is How to LA. This is panque, which is a very popular in Mexico. And today we're doing something a little bit different for y'all. This is what we call mantecada. Oh, and then this one, la michoacana, is a little bit of gelatin in the middle. Oh, and this is hella cute. <laughs> the concha multiverse, you know? And then we have concha de trigo, which is... I'm Brian de los Santos. Hi, I'm Gab Chabran. Some people may know that I'm a concha connoisseur in the sense that I love conchas. Like, that is my favorite Mexican sweetbread. You have a concha-shaped heart. I really do. I pitched you this episode a few weeks ago because when I was growing up, the one thing that kind of connected my parents back to Mexico was pan dulce. Every time we wanted to celebrate something, every time we wanted to hang out with friends or family at the end of, you know, the carnazada or whatever it may be, it was conchas en café. So what I want to do with you today is kind of explore L.A. through conchas and go to different spots. I want to show you my favorite spot in L.A., which has to do, again, with my familia. I love that. But if we're going to go to your favorite spot, let's go to my favorite spot in Long Beach as well. Long Beach. All right, it's a drive away, but you're going to drive, Gob. (laughs) I got you. So, Brian, everybody knows you're a concha girly. There's panderias all over Los Angeles. What makes this one special? We're in South Central. We call it South LA now. Every time I have these conchas, it reminds me of my childhood. My auntie lives a few blocks away, so I kind of grew up with these conchas, and I was hoping that they would survive the pandemic, and they did. Yes, and they also remind me of my childhood when my mom used to bake at home. This is Delia. Delia Flores Estevez, and this is Panadería Cuaxingo on 42nd and Broadway in South Central. So I told Delia the story, and then she actually told me the reason these small conchas are special as well is because it's her mom's family recipe. 
So we have two types of conchas here. There is the typical one that you find anywhere. Okay. And then you have my mom's recipe, which is uh, the cuaxingo, which is from where from in Puebla. This is made with manteca de puerco, and then this one is with vegetable oil, I think, or yeah. So it's shortening, yeah. It tastes different, and this has more egg and sugar. They're a little bit harder than your typical concha that you find anywhere because they're made from manteca. All right, it might sound weird that there's pig lard in a concha, but this concha is why we're here today. Trust me, it's delicious. We do have to say that pan dulce and conchas have their roots not really in Mexico and Central America. They go back to another place, right, Gob? Yeah, Brian. So conchas, as we know them, seem to be descendants of 600-year-old sweetbreads from Spain, which they themselves are the descendants of Moorish sweets that came from a thousand years before that. But of course, you know, Mexican culture adopted these breads and mixed them with their own flavors, like chocolate from the Aztecs, which is my favorite. And they made something uniquely Mexican. And now Angelino and, you know, American too. <laughs> We're doing it our own way. Exactly. My mom started making bread in 1995. We were struggling a lot, so she was trying to find a way to make more money. So she went to Puebla to get some recipes from family members. She started making it little by little, and then she opened her little shop. We expanded, and then we've been here for, I think, seven, eight years. Now I run it. Me and my brother run it every morning, every day. We make it from scratch, from the harina to la levadura. We don't have machines or anything like that. Everything's handmade. We try to keep it as authentic as we can. And a lot of people like that about the bakery itself. We've been in business for 18 years. I still see people that were my age. We went to elementary school down the street and they bring their kids here. So I get to see them enjoy the same bread that I did and they did when they were little. Do you feel like some sort of responsibility to like maybe your hometown of Coatzingo or Puebla or are you just like, this is how it happened? Well, I, it was just like nobody wanted to take care of it. So here it is. It's your turn. I don't know if any of you have worked with your parents. I'm 38 and she still wants to control me. And I'm like, no lady, it doesn't work like that. You know, <laughs> you have to let me explore other things because she's very old fashioned and I want to bring new ideas. So it's really hard for me to keep her ideas and bring in my ideas. So I do feel like a responsibility, not only to the community, but to my family members. But we've been blessed with my mom's hard work and we have good workers working on something that she built from scratch and make sure that it doesn't fall down. ¿Cuántos años tienes trabajando aquí? Alrededor de 22 años, 23 años. Wow. This is Bonfilo. He's been working here as a baker for about 23 years. Soy panadero desde pequeño, como los 14 años. ¿Qué hacen aquí? He starts his day at 4.30 in the morning, so the bread is hot and fresh when they open at 6. 
dame, ¿me puedes dar tu secreto cómo hacer el pan un poco más especial? Porque obviamente tienes clientela aquí que viene que le gusta. Más que nada, eso es lo, lo principal, la responsabilidad que, que tiene uno que estar atento a lo que está uno preparando. He says the secret to making great pan dulce is to really have a deep understanding of your ingredients. Does this dough need a little bit more egg? Does that one need more sugar? Panfilo has been with us forever. He saw me grow up when I was 13 up until now, and he's been here with us for the longest. So this is for you. Let me bring you some napkins. Cheers. Cheers. So this is a concha de Puebla. Mm. Oh my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. It's different, right? It almost has like a, like a nutty texture to it mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that more rustic, I think, like in sort of its texture and flavor. Because it has more egg than the regular concha. And then this is a michoacana, kind of like gelatin in the middle. Right. This is so good. <laughs> Go try I've it. I've never had anything like that before. The only issue with this is that a lot of people, because we're in South Central, they don't like the prices. Mm. So a lot of people tend to want cheaper, but well, where good. Where are you going to find this? Yeah, so <laughs> a, a lot of people, like, my generation, they understand that price has to come with it. But a lot of the old generation, like the, the old folks, they're like, ¿Por qué está tan caro? ¿De qué lo hacen? ¿De oro? Like, it's made out of gold or what? So it's yes. kind of like, yes, it is. yeah, uh, yeah. It's also expensive. Yeah, you know. it is, yeah. All right, so that was my spot, Gob. But it's your turn right after the break. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theatre Company at the Los Angeles Theatre Center, presenting the world premiere of Mix Mix, The Filipino Adventures of a German-Jewish Boy by Boney B. Alvarez. Inspired by true events from the life of Ralph Price, after escaping Nazi Germany, a newfound tropical refuge in the Philippines is upended when Japan invades the islands. On stage through June 16th. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAist comes from Pasadena Water and Power, inviting everyone to join the ripple effect. Water plays a pivotal role in our lives, and every individual's actions matter in preserving this resource. Each action we take starts the ripple of change, making a greater impact throughout the community. Be part of the ripple effect and learn more about water programs, workshops, and ways to save at pwpweb.com slash the ripple effect. And we're back, exploring LA through the conchas. So you ready to check out the pan dulce here at Vallarta? Yes, I am. Have you had it before? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. That's actually why I wanted to try it, because they oh. have so many different pretty shapes, so I thought yeah, yeah, this yeah. would be a good Let's one. Let's go. I wanted to have the pink one today. Oh, they do have the pink one. Before we get started, I wanted to kind of talk about grocery store pan dulce, because we just went to a really special place that I thought was great, and I really loved it. but. I wanted to come to a grocery store because this is a lot of people's first exposure for when it comes to pan dulce. And so I thought, you know, we got to give these conchas for 99 cents uh, a little bit of play. Let's try yellow. Okay. Let's see the chocolate, blanca, samarillas, rosas. So Vallarta has an assortment of pan dulce and I, I, I feel it. Local panaderias don't normally carry yellow yeah. conchas, I think. And then the pink one's kind of special because usually they only see it like here and there. Grab a couple of each. It's bad because my friend who's a trainer is going to be like, girl, I told you no conchas. It's okay, you're only having six today. 
Only six, only six. All right, let's get some chocolate and vanilla. Okay, I think um, we're good. Do you guys need a bag? Uh, no, we're good with that. Uh, $7.92. Thank you. Brian, you chose the Amarillo, right? Because right. that was the first one you had from a Vallarta. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yes. Okay. And then uh, we went the classic Rosa as well. Because, you know, you can never go wrong with a pink concha. Actually, you can, oh, you can? As a okay. pro concha papi expert, okay. there aren't many conchas in the world that are pink and delicious. But I will say Vallarta makes a decent one. Why, so we're having it. Why do you think it. that is? Why do you think pink is I the... Think um, because pink is really sweet, usually. And like, I love sweet, but it can be overpowering. Sure. So I'm gonna give you half of this one. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Initial thoughts? Does it bring back memories? Mm. Concha colored glasses, perhaps. Um, almost pineapple or something yeah. like that, you know? Sort of that candied sweetness. It's, it's very, it's kind of tastes different from what I'm used to uh, for the yellow one. Mm. What I love about Vallarta Concha is that they're almost always, not always, almost always soft. Mm -hmm. They're, they're kind of, you know, squishy. Perfect for uh, dipping in your cafecito yeah. or alone right now, like you're just, you know, having it dry. Sure. My only downside perhaps is these are really crumbly, you know? The coating tends to get all over the place, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Just make sure you have a plate or a napkin with you. Otherwise, it looks like you're drowning in Barbie confetti. What would you rate it out of a 10? Mm. I'd give it like a, a high seven. I'm gonna say 7.5, so yeah. we're there. Yeah, yeah. cute, oh. okay. Next up is my neck of the woods, Long Beach. The LBC, the LBC. So we're making this trip all the way to Long Beach, but I've heard about this spot for a while. I hear that their conchas are baked with sourdough, which I never had before, so we're gonna see what it's all about. My name's Arturo Enciso. We're in Long Beach at Gusto Bread. And I'm just here playing my requinto guitar. <laughs> this is the back space here where we produce a lot of the breads, our ovens in this corner, our mixers over here, ingredient bins down below. Yeah, this is, this is where the magic happens. Do you make the magic or is it Anna who makes the magic? It's a team effort. Not only us, but also our staff, you know, it's a team of uh, 12 people. So we had some bakers in here really this morning at 4 a.m. This is our madre, like sourdough starter. So this was fed at 5.14 a.m. today. And we utilize that in some breads that are sitting here as well that are fermenting overnight. We have our concha dough down here, our jalapeno cheddar bolillo, our hueso, which is like a baguette. And then these loaves over here tucked in this corner resting until tomorrow morning. Could you walk us a little bit through that process and what that looks like? Yeah, so our bakery is primarily wild fermentation. So we're cultivating a starter, which I showed you, the madre. That is our living yeast that we keep alive. We don't buy like commercial yeast, so, so it starts there. So for a concha, we're using, you know, whole farmer's market eggs, whole milk, butter, so then we start to incorporate those things with this starter and other flour blends. It mixes for like 20 minutes and then it'll rest at room temperature for about 
two hours and then it'll go in the fridge like you see it now overnight in a bulk bin and then in the morning tomorrow at 4 a.m. it's the first thing we do when we get in we'll, we'll divide it into little portions around them and then it'll proof there for two hours before we bake them where did you come up with the idea to make a sourdough concha? Because that's something I don't think has ever been invented before this place. Yeah, um, I'm a self-taught baker, so I learned through books. Also a wood-fired oven, just in this backyard here in Long Beach. It was just this serendipitous thing that changed my life completely. You know, through these books, the sourdough sections were the ones that interested me the most. And that actually is how bread was invented, like from the beginning. Yeast is more in the last, you know, 19th century in packets and it multiplies your bread like really quickly. That's pretty abnormal. Nature doesn't do that. So in English it's sourdough, right? But in Spanish it's masa madre, which is more like mother dough. I love that. But in Italy they use that too, levito madre. But it's not as poetic when you say sourdough. And everyone already writing things, oh, sourdough. You don't want a concha to be sour. like. So right away, my goal was like, okay, I want to make a concha, but I need to like balance the flavors. I need to make sure the starter is pulled at the right time and that, you know, we're just doing everything so it doesn't get sour right away. When I hear your story, it reminds me of someone who's like, you know, young millennial. I'm assuming you're a millennial like I am, getting some of like our traditions and making it our own and kind of like furthering it in a different way. It may not be everyone's sauce, but you know, it's our own sauce that we're creating. Do you have any feelings about that? You know, I think for me, it was really being proud of a concha, even proud of the ones I grew up eating. I was so proud that I was like, I'm going to compete with a croissant. I spent so much time, I, I got the best ingredients I want. You know, this is a $5 concha. Come at me, you know? If we say, you know, concha should be $3 for 10, you know? You're already saying, like, it should be that way. Like, you're limiting people from thinking a little outside the box and wanting to explore more. And everything's Eurocentric. Croissants are easily $5 or other pastries. And I was like, why aren't conchas? Why can't we also be, like, making quality things that are, like, sought after and and seeing through that lens as well, if we want it to be, you know? That's what I'm really trying to make. Like, this is me. It's me growing up here as an American raised by Mexican immigrants, born in Bakersfield, with, you know, a lot of uncles and aunts that lived in Long Beach. This is just like a representation of everything I've learned. And that's, I don't know, that's, that's all I can do, you know? We have this theme, like, it reminds us of a childhood memory, or when you were younger, or like el café con pan, something like that, right? Why do you think we associate as Latinos, maybe, pan dulce with childhood memories or early memories in our in our lives? Like, why do you why do you think that is? I guess this might be part of the like the millennial conversation too that we were saying. I bring my daughter here every weekend and she picks a concha and that is part of myself making a memory, you know, as a parent, you know, and I see Arturo and Ana's work as a continuation of, you know, the pandulce that I had as a young person now growing up trying to do the same for my family. Okay, Brian. So Gusto actually takes three days to make their conchas. Right. Which is why we didn't get to try them that day. But now that it's three days later, I brought some to the studio for us to try. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's, let's, let's give it a try, Gob. 
thought. Hold on. I still have it in my mouth. I'm still chewing. Okay. Finish chewing. Tell me what you're thinking. My favorite conchas are the ones that are not too... Like, they don't break easily, and this didn't. Like, in the middle, it's really tough to kind of spread apart. This is, like, A+. I love the, the difference. It does give you a sourdough kind of feel, but not really. And the sweetness on top of the concha tastes very different from the conchas I'm used to. So I need to try this with a abuelita hot chocolate and dip it in there and just like have a little cozy night. Super cozy. I'm going to have to drive to Long Beach for the Gusto Bread Concha for sure. You can take the extra one home, okay? So you can try that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really unique bite, and that's why it's probably one of my favorites. I'm also reminded of the fact that not all conchas need to be sweet, you know, mm. with a capital S. It can have some more nuance to it and more flavor, you know, which I think makes it more interesting. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us through this concha crawl. And specifically, thank you, God, for joining me in this heat and in this calorie deliciousness of an episode. Thanks, Brian. I had a great time. No, 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 no. You said it, you said it kind of like a robot. You gotta you gotta be more 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 pumped. No problem, Brian. I had a blast. <laughs> How was that? Oh, and uh, for those listening, check out my article up on LAist where I document our travels. We've got great photos by Brian Feinzeimer, who tagged along with us that day and all the great locations we visited so you can go and check them out yourself. You can find that at las.com slash howtola or just look up Gob's social media. Wait, wait, before we wrap up, we do have to do one more thing that I just thought of, Evan, so hopefully this makes the cut. Chris, our social media producer, posted a thread. You know, it's the new thing that the kids do that comes through Instagram. Anyway, he wrote, Do you love conchas? Tell us your favorite place to get them so we can share them with Elias audiences. Someone said, Easy, Monarca, and South Pasadena. That is from Jen. Um, someone else shouted out Gusto Bread. Mass Process said, El Gallo Bakery and East Los. And they wrote this really cute memory. My grandfather used to use their kitchen to make turkeys for his church on Thanksgiving many years ago. Pan dulce and turkey. Who could ask for more? LOL Caesars said La Mascota in Boyle Heights. Someone else wrote Northgate Market, La Monarca again. So a lot of love to these like grocery stores and corner stores that people have in their lives. By the way, if you have a place that we haven't yet mentioned, keep sending them in and we'll share them with everybody. This is How to LA. I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. This episode was produced by Evan Jacoby. Our other producers are Megan Botel, Monica Bushman, and Victoria Alejandro. Chris Farias handles our social media. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Elias Official. Erica Washington writes her newsletter. Our intern is Eden Tashoma. Hasmik Pagosian engineers the show. And Megan Larson is our executive producer. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. 
one lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com sweeps.